When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is March 17th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. And welcome back to the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Maronofsky, and... These are weird times. These are very weird times. Maybe you're huddled up in your house right now, your apartment. Uh, hopefully you're not out in the world actually doing things unless you're a police officer or, or a, a, an, an essential job right now. Um, hopefully you guys are all staying healthy. You're washing your hands. Um, not buying too much toilet paper. Don't want to do that. Don't do that, guys. Uh, but, you know, you're stocked up and you're Maybe enjoying some time with family or something along those lines. Uh, cause there's no sports and this is so weird. Um, when I first heard the NHL was suspended, I said, that's a great move. You don't want to be out in, 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 in mass amounts of people. You don't want to be exposing people to the coronavirus or anything. Um, and then I said, Oh shit, I have a weekly Bruins podcast to do. And how the hell am I supposed to do that without any new games or information or anything along those lines? I was a little worried that I wouldn't have enough content to do a show every week. Um, I can happily say this show had plenty of content. Um, we, Pete Blackburn was on today of CBS Sports. You all know Pete. Um, you all love Pete. And we talked about some real life stuff. We get into it. We, we describe why we're doing what we, why we did what we did in this episode. Um, not a lot to do with hockey, more to do with the people who own the Bruins i.e. Jeremy Jacobs, um, and we get into that and some stuff that really needs to be talked about and holding the powerful accountable, um, which at the end of the day is a big part of our jobs. Uh, before we get into this episode, which I, I think you'll enjoy, like I, I, I say this, I would rather sit here and talk about the stuff we talked about than, oh, let's recap, you know, the first 75% of the season, like, Let's guess what would have happened between the Bruins and the Maple Leafs. Or, oh, like, what was your favorite goal of the season? Like, I guarantee we'll, at some point we'll probably get into that. But today there was just such an issue that needed to be talked about that we had to talk about it. Like, I, if, 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 I think you'll like this. But, again, there's other Bruins podcasts out there if you just would rather listen to stuff like that. And, again, like, I imagine we'll get into that at some point. This was not the episode for it. Uh, before we get into this episode – uh, with currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think, well, there's nothing to bet on. Well, let me tell you something. You'd be wrong. Uh, bet Online still has hundreds of places to wager, from their online casino to poker and blackjack, all open 24 hours a day, and they're all online. So you can do this while you're in your home. Again, this is something to do while quarantined or, you know, if you don't want to go out, you can just do this from home. This is fun. 
Um, again, sports aren't totally done. There's still some mixed martial arts. There's esports. Uh, there's other stuff out there to do. If you're into entertainment, you can still bet on American Idol, the elections, the spelling bee, and even the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. So there's so many things you can do. Um, be sure to use promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, CLNS50 to receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your full access wagering solution. Without any further ado, here's my conversation with Pete Blackburn. And we're here with Pete Blackburn. Pete, how are you? Uh, it's a weird time to be alive, but all things considered, uh, I'm doing okay. Uh, I mean, I, I basically teeter on the brink of insanity at all times. So it's being pushed a little bit more to the limit these days, but I, I'm doing fine. Yeah, no, this is a really weird time. I was saying to a lot of my friends this week, it feels sort of like Black Mirror, the Twilight Zone. This doesn't feel real, that everything's shutting yeah. down. Um, nobody's on the streets. The traffic patterns into Boston right now are completely green because yeah. nobody's going in. I think um, Casey everybody- Musgraves actually said it best on Twitter yesterday. She said it feels like that weird week between Christmas and and New Year's where like it, real life just doesn't count. It's not real life. It's just yeah. like a, a very weird in-between time. Yeah, it feels exactly like that. And the only difference is it's sort of that it's going to be that way like indefinitely for the time being. Yeah, no, it's re- it's so weird to me. I mean, schools are canceled and job, I mean, you know, a lot of people are out of work right now. And, and like yesterday, I hadn't gone out of the house on Saturday. So yesterday I was like, I've just, I've got to get out of the house. I, I, and, and so I, I drove, I got on route nine in Framingham and I just drove East <laughs> and I ended up like right outside of Boston. And I was, and I've never driven without a destination before. Like I've never done yeah. that. I've had no reason to, and I just kind of drove and I was like, Huh, this is not bad. I had the windows down, you know, music blaring. I was like, this is freaking awesome. And so. I feel like that's such like an outdated, uh, like activity or like mindset. It's like, let's just get in the car and drive, man. But it, it <laughs> but, works. I mean, it helps. Yeah. I mean, these days you got to do whatever you can to stay sane. So, uh, yeah. I mean, like the thing that's like kind of driven me to the brink. It's just watching how, how much like other people aren't taking it seriously. And they're oh, like, I'm so oh, it'll with be, you. And, and it'll, they're like, it'll be fine. Like everything will be normal in, in like a week or two. Don't worry about it. And then they go out and it's like, well, if you do that, it's not going to be normal in a week or two because you're only helping to spread it. And now we're starting to see like people didn't take it seriously. And now it's like, oh, things are shut down for the next eight weeks. And yeah. like, this is our life now for the next couple of months. So. It's very frustrating. I'm trying to stay in, in as good of spirits as I can. Like me personally, I'm okay. Like I'm fine because I'm somebody who doesn't go out very much. And I'm somebody who like, I, I basically self-isolate by choice. So like that part of it isn't that hard for me. It's just like watching other people fuck up the things that make I like isolation good for me, like sports. Like you're ruining yeah. sports by going out and spreading this thing and making league shut down for eight weeks at a time. So that's what bugs me. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, I have so many friends right now down in Fort Lauderdale for spring break. A lot of people canceled their flights, um, but a lot of people didn't. And they're down there right now. And a lot of them are getting flights back because things are being shut down there. I mean, I don't. you saw the videos on, uh, I think it was Sunday of just the craziness on the beaches down there. I know Nashville, there's a video that came out of there. People 
all jumbled up together having a great time and, and they're just getting ripped for it on Twitter. And I totally agree. I mean, look at Italy. Like, let's get our shit together. Let's use our brains and, and give up the fun now to have eternal fun later. Like that, right. that's the whole point. And I think it's just lost on a lot of uh, people. The other thing obviously is, uh, as you said, no sports. So right now my, uh, I have a couple goals. Yesterday I bought, uh, the book Catch and Kill by Ronan Farrow. Hey, I, I've I, been reading that. I plan on, I, I got to page 40 yesterday. So I'm, mm. I plan on finishing that hopefully by the end of this quarantine period. Uh, started Mad Men, the show Mad okay. Men. Um, I like it. It's, I'm five episodes in. I think it's very good. I don't usually binge watch shows, but now I feel like I have to. Um, and just working on some features, little things like that. But, um, so obviously it's the Bruins podcast. Uh, when I realized that sports were canceled for the time being, I remember thinking, shit, what the hell am I going to talk about on my weekly Bruins podcast if there's no Bruins? Um, but there is one thing I think that we need to talk about. And it's not really hockey related, but um, typically on this podcast, we talk hockey issues, you know, Charlie McAvoy isn't scoring. What a loser. And we're, you know, <laughs> joking around about it or, Oh, David Poshnock might hit 60 goals or fun things like that. But this, this is real life stuff. This is real life things. And I feel obligated as a host of a podcast that's pretty well listened to. And as someone who has even a tiny bit of a voice, you have a much bigger voice than I do, Pete. I'll say it. I'm not afraid to admit it. Um, you've been at it a little while longer and by a little while, like years longer. Um, I don't even feel old here. Well, I'm, I'm pretty young. So yeah, that's true. That's very you, true. You got me there, but this is real life stuff that we have to discuss. And that stuff, you've probably seen it on Twitter. You've probably seen it is that the Bruins and Delaware North um, have not really given any clarity on what the deal is with them paying the hourly employees who work at the TD garden on game nights and game and non game days and all that stuff. Um, there's been no clarity on it. Last I saw this morning, I think the globe reported that nothing had come of it yet. There was supposed to be a statement Saturday. It at least it was reported. There's gonna be a statement. There was no statement. Um, I know I put, I'm on a Bruins Facebook group and I put out like, if anybody has anything, um, you know, if anybody's going through a tough time right now, I, I'd love to talk. Um, and sort of get your voice out there. Cause I feel like in these times, this is going to sound really cliche, really journalism y, but it's very true. We got to be the voice for the voiceless. Like, I, I think that's really such an important thing we have to think of. You know, we're so, you know, ingrained in the day to day stuff, the news, features, things like that. This is when we got to say, you know what, we need to kind of give a voice to people um, who don't have it. So I just put out, hey, if anybody has anything they want to get out uh, about not being paid, please do. And Julie Grizzlick replied, um, and said, how about Delaware North and the Jacobs bros have left us in the cold jobless? I'm a single mom with three kids. Uh, clearly, we know who my brother is, but that's beside the point. Players are still being paid at Warrior Arena, but not us who make them uh, money with concessions. So nothing's come of that yet. That, again, I think that was on Sunday she said that uh, to the Facebook post. So, um, Pete, what do you sort of think of all of this? I mean, you mentioned giving a voice to the voiceless, and I also think that it's it's a case of putting pressure on the people in power. And I think that we've seen that throughout the rest of the league. Uh, like, teams have basically been bullied into supporting these workers across social media and across the league. It, like, there's just been the teams that said that they weren't going to pay their part-time workers. A lot of them have just been forced into doing so because of backlash on, on social media. And 
like the Bruins should absolutely be in that category, probably more than anybody else because the Jacobs brothers run Delaware North, which is a literally a concessions company. So for the Jacobs, for, for the Jacobs family to not pay the concessions workers in their own building when they run a concessions company is like an ultra bad look. And like, especially when you see like Brad Marchand, Brad Marchand caught like a little bit of like, now I don't want to say that he caught flack, but like he, he tweeted out the GoFundMe for these workers at TD Garden. And like, I get why people were like, uh, like, why are you, like, why are you doing this? Why are you asking us to donate money? One, you're, you're a millionaire. And like, I know that him and a few other players donated money and like any, any sort of like help is a a good gesture that they probably shouldn't have had to make, but like they, I think they donated like a thousand bucks or something like that, a a bunch of players. And like, relatively speaking, it's not a lot. Like we've seen some of the NBA players donate a hundred thousand dollars. We've seen uh, Rudy Gobert donate 500,000, but I mean, he's in a different category because he's just trying to get some, (laughs) some positive spin on things here, but he's got to do it. Yeah. So like, it's just like, it, it's a situation where like nobody really looks good, but like, it's especially the guy worth three and a half billion dollars who runs the concession company and who runs the arena and owns the team is the one who comes away looking the worst. And I mean, Jacobs has been known to be a penny pincher and to be kind of an asshole over, over the years. So it's not totally out of character, but you would hope that given the, the pressure and the way that the, some of the other teams and some of the other owners are caving around the league that he won't be far behind. Yeah. The other thing I want to mention is we're recording this at one o'clock on Monday, March 16th. So again, like there might be a statement that comes out Monday night that, that isn't included in this. Uh, So I just want to preface it with that. I also want to say, I thought that GoFundMe was embarrassing. The fact yeah. that, 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 that the players have to tweet that out, the players have to put money into it. Again, like I'm all, it's great the players doing it, but it's not their responsibility to have to do that. Yeah, right. Um, and, and I, I also think that it's like kind of embarrassing to, to even set that up. And I, I guess embarrassing is probably isn't the right word. I, I think that it's the wrong move to set that up. Like I, I get the, the gesture and I get the intention. The intentions are good. It's like, we want these people. Let's put some money together help out these part-time workers that are affected. But like in my perspective, I would rather see trying to do that by pressuring Jacobs because Jacobs is the one who absolutely should pay and, and compensate these workers. And to set up a GoFundMe is to ask people who are not worth three and a half billion dollars to chip in their own money to, to help get these people uh, back on their feet and help them out. And like people helping people is always good, but I would rather see us put pressure on the, the person who, whose priority it should be to take care of his workers. And, uh, it's sort of like the GoFundMe, I sort of look at it as, as giving Jacobs an out to be like, like, to be like, well, people are help, people are stepping up and, and, and helping them. So I don't need to. It's just, I think that it's, it's the wrong, the wrong course of action. So right now that the, the goal of the GoFundMe is 250 K it's at $31,000 right now as we record this. So not exactly a lot. I, I, I don't know what my expectation is for the, for Jacobs right now. I think at some point he's going to have to be pressured into it. There, there's, there's gotta be something like these workers literally carry out Delaware North. Like right. they're the ones selling the concessions. Um, 
But like it's literally so, his. It's literally his employees. Exactly. That's the it, thing. It, it's but, like it's terrible. All, it's terrible all over the place. It's terrible whenever you're a billionaire and you're not taking care of your your employees, no matter what level they are, whether they're part time, whether they're uh, full time, whether they're executives. Like, and I understand that in some situations they're not technically the billionaire's employees. Like they might be employees of the concessions. They might be em- employees of the arena that, that the, the billionaire doesn't actually own. It doesn't matter. These are people who are essential to carrying out the day-to-day operations that make you money and help your team thrive. So at the end of the day, you have the means to support them in a time of need. You should absolutely be supporting them. It's just like the, the good human thing to do. And it's just so much worse when it's actually Jacob's own employees. Unbelievable. But in some ways it's not surprising and here's no. why it isn't. Um, so this came across my screen a few days ago. I've forgotten about this. This was from 2017. Um, the Globe covered this over a span of a, a, a long period of time. Uh, TD Garden owners agreed to hold fundraisers for Boston but they never have. Um, and if you, if, 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 if Jacob's not paying his people right now pisses you off, I promise this story will piss you off a lot more. So, um, back, I think this was in 1993, as part of the winning state approval for a new $160 million facility home to the Celtics and the Bruins, the owner of the garden would host three fundraisers a year to benefit the agency that oversees the city's recreational facilities. So at the time, um, I have to get these facts right. I believe uh, in the area, um, they the the state had wanted the garden to agree um, to pretty much funding or putting some funding towards like a recreational facility in a neighborhood right near the garden um, or in that same area, and as kind of a compromise. Uh, it says, this was in a different article, Jeremy Jacobs, owner of the Bruins and chairman of Delaware North Corporation that owns the new garden, preferred the fundraising requ- requirement over another option from state lawmakers, which was a one-time payout of $3.5 million to benefit city recreation centers. So first off, Jacobs is like, I don't want to pay the $3.5 million up front. Let's just do three fundraisers a year. So he's already cheaping out <laughs> in that aspect of it. You know how much how little money $3.5 million is for, for it's Jacobs? Nothing. It's literally like nothing. It's, it's so minute, but here's the real part. So this had never been figured out by anybody until a group of teenagers figured out and looked at law because they were trying to fund their own rink in their own neighborhood. Um, and they basically came across the fact that the, J- the Jacobs and the guard never had any of these fundraisers. So they're supposed to have three a year. They never had them never had them these fundraisers never happened and as you look into this it's fascinating of how they just didn't abide by this at all and when the kids brought this to the garden at first they refused to meet there's a story in here somewhere i have all these pages jumbled up in front of me um there's a point in here somewhere that i just thought was so telling um Oh, yeah. So they wouldn't meet with them at first. And then the same thing happened when these kids attempted to deliver a letter in person to Latimer, who I believe is the president of TD Garden or or something along those lines. Uh, A security guard at TD Garden told them they could not meet with her, but he took the letter on their behalf. 
it is unbelievable to me what this family ha- is able to get away with. And this story highlights it perfectly. Yeah. And the, I saw like, there's a, they calculated the, like what's due from, from the Jacobs. And I think it was like $13.8 million. Yep. 13.8. So instead of paying just the three and a half million up front, now they reportedly owe almost $14 million. So here's what happened. Here was the settlement that was reached, like, I think a month later. Ready? So they were, the kids calculated, and by the way, just before I get to that, they calculated the 13.8 by, um, they landed on the 13.8 million figure by calculating that TD Garden could raise 150,000 at three fundraising events a year over 24 years, counted late fees, penalties, fines, and interest. They called the figure a conservative estimate considering the star power the arena could draw. Here's what they agreed to. This is even more embarrassing. TD Garden and the state have agreed to pay $2.65 million toward a recreational center in Jackson Square, a deal that falls far short of the million do- uh, uh, of the million of millions of dollars the group of teens says the garden was obligated to kick in uh, through yearly fundraisers over the last two decades. Um, under the deal announced Thursday, TD Garden has agreed to pay $1.65 million to the State Department of Conservation and Recreation. And then the state kind of felt bad and they were like, we're going to chip in another million because look at these guys. Unreal to me. That doesn't make any sense to me. That's, that's insane. Like if, if, I mean, I'm obviously not a lawmaker. I'm not a, I don't have a law degree. I don't have any sort of politics, politicians, uh, you know, sort of, uh, you know, I'm not a politician. But like, if you that were me, I would say you get, you pay, you got to pay the $3.5 million that you said that was on the table opposite of this deal. And you're not holding up this deal. So just pay the three and a half million dollars. Yeah. I, I mean, that's crazy. I have these, I have these articles in front of me and they totally, totally refuse to pay it. And just, I, I mean, again, like, and they, so like, they and they got away with it. They got away with it because money. if they only have to pay, if they have to pay hundred, if they have to pay one point six five million, they were asked initially to pay the three point five. I right. think it was. They get out of that. They put up these bullshit fundraisers, and then in the settlement, they pay even less. I mean, right? I don't get it. I don't understand how, like, how you can operate like that. I mean, this story. I was, I was. It, it came across. Um, it came across sort of my screen and I looked into it more and I was like, Oh my God, how? So that's just a a perfect example. Uh, And again, these kids, I mean, they're, they're, they're in a civics class (laughs) and they're outing this and they're looking at law and, and, and they're seeing these things. It's unbelievable to me that, um, that they got away with this and that, I mean, again, if if these kids didn't figure it out, it would never even came to light. Yeah, Which I would imagine that they got a pretty good grade in that class. I would hope. <laughs> yeah. I would think they probably did all right. Um, and these kids just wanted – I think they just wanted um, money for their civic center. Like they just – they hadn't had one since the 90s. It's, by the way, in a very low-income area. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, Jacobs, you know, whatever. Who cares? So it's, it's, it's unbelievable to me. Um, and, and I think the, gar- the, the garden tried claiming that they'd, they'd had – stuff over the years they've given money here and there but it's just like you said you're gonna have those fundraisers where are the fundraisers right um so there's so much more i mean again you can look there there's three globe articles from 2017 um 
you guys, you listeners can go look at them. Uh, and again, like this is just fuel to pressure them. That's all we can do. I mean, it, it's to talk about things like this. It's to talk about people's stories who are going through tough times. Because again, like, I don't mean to sound like Bernie Sanders here or a politician of any sort, but like there are real people that this is affecting who don't know where the next paycheck's coming from. They don't know how they're going to put food on the table. They don't know how they're going to make rent. They don't know how they're going to clothe their kids. I mean, things like that. We don't tackle much in our jobs because we don't, we're fortunate. I guess we don't have to, Mm -hmm. but it's, I think it's our job to talk about these things. And again, like to put pressure, as you said, yeah, I mean, and going back to like some of the stuff from, from earlier, I, I think that like this whole thing has really sort of like opened my eyes to how selfish everybody is, not just the billionaires, like just normal people. I, I mean, people, like I said, people are going out, people are being stupid. People are like, this doesn't affect me. And a lot of young people are doing that because they look at the statistics that come from the coronavirus and they're like, well, it's not the biggest threat to young people. I'm going to go out. I'm not going to die from this. So whatever. I'm, you know, I'll be, I'll be fine. I'll get, a, I'll get a little sick, whatever. I'm going out. I'm having a good time. Meanwhile, they're not thinking of the fact that like, if they go out and they contract it, they're probably going to pass it on to two or three people at minimum. Those people are going to pass it on to two, three people at minimum. Those people are going to pass it on to two, three people at minimum. And then all of a sudden you got grandparents that are sick, older people that are sick, people with uh, compromised immune systems. It's just like this whole thing. And like, I know that I shouldn't be surprised because uh, over the past, however many handful of years, like people have, a lot of people in the country have proved that they're very dumb and they're very selfish. And, uh, you know, it just seems like that's really, really come to light over the past, uh, you know, couple of months. And it's just really disheartening. Like people just don't care about others and like they just got themselves first and they're not considering who they might be affecting by their actions. And it's really frustrating. It's terrible. And, and what should be highlighted right now is people being kind to each other again. And then you have people in grocery stores taking ungodly amounts of toilet paper. I mean, what the fuck is the point? I, and I, then I, there's the dude, uh, price gouging, uh, hand sanitizer for profit. And it's just like, what the fuck are we doing here? Like, it's like, it's like, if we're not sort of like helping each other out in times like this, then like, then what are we doing? What are we doing here? It's unreal to me. And it's sad. It, it is. But again, there's other stories of kindness. There's good, but w- right. we're focusing on the bad. Um, and I, I think that's also been more prevalent. I think the selfishness, as you said, has been so out there. So now to take a little bit of a turn, we'll get back to hockey. Um, we'll probably, t- you know, I imagine this podcast will talk about the Jacobs in the future, but for now we get on to other stuff. Um, NHL PR put this out uh, Monday at 10.50 a.m., uh, an update from the NHL regarding player activity and movement during season pause. They say guys can go back home and quarantine or whatever. Um, and then they put their objective in the final paragraph. They say our objective will be in that in addition to continuing regular updates, we will be able to provide high level guidance on the potential of operating a training camp period, roughly 45 days into the 60 day period covered by the CDC's directive. Does that sound like they're having the rest of the regular season here or are they going right to the playoffs? It's, I mean, I said it from the beginning, I, I thought that it was going to be difficult for them to, to finish out the rest of this regular season, just based on the, the timeline and, 
I mean, and obviously the timeline has gotten worse over the past couple of days based on the CDC recommendations. And I think they're going to probably have to follow those. And from what you just read, it sounds like they plan on it. Um, and just based on their, their priority, because I think their, their number one priority is having a full Stanley Cup playoff. And that's not going to be possible if you're starting in, you know, mid May or closer to June. Like you're not going to be able to have a best of seven series over the course of a couple of months because it's just going to run into next season. And, you know, I still think that it's unlikely that you're going to be able to have a, a full traditional playoff format um, based on this timeline. But uh, I, I just, I just can't see them cutting into whatever playoff that they hold by finishing out this regular season. I think that it's more likely that they find a different way to bring uh, teams they have like a non-traditional playoff I, I know that there was talked about that they're going to consider having fucking 24 teams in the playoffs which is just an absolutely insane idea and I, I i hate it um but you know if not that then i think they're going to go by point percentage and um yeah I, I think that it's very unlikely that we see this regular season finished out yeah i don't see how it makes sense i think i saw somewhere they asked for arenas to be accessible to teams until end of july yeah that Which, is going to be nuts. Yeah, and and I don't know like the how realistic that is. Um, one based off of arena commitments because you know like TD Garden books out during the summer through for concerts and and for stuff like that. Um, you know I don't know if they would cancel the concerts or or prioritize the Bruins, and I don't know if other arenas would do that as well. Um, but you know I also think that like. When you consider you, you like you know that the the TD Garden ice is is bad to begin with, and yeah. you know it has um you know some of the worst some of the worst reputation in 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 all of hockey, and I'm sure that there are other warm warm weather cities that you know would have pretty bad ice in the middle of July or in the middle of June, late June, uh, and I think that that puts players at risk just in terms of like injuries and and things like that, like. There's a lot of risk factor there. And I know that it's going to be a non-ideal situation no matter which way you slice it. Um, but, you know, you can, you know, between the fact that it's, you know, presents an injury risk and also that it's going to significantly cut into next season, like you're in a really weird spot here. And I just, it would be hard for me to imagine them going all the way to the end of July. But, and again, this is unprecedented and I have no idea where their stance is. I feel like right now is pretty much just flying by the seat of your pants with this. I mean, there no one, there's no rules for this. Nobody really knows what's going on. We've never seen something like this before. Right. Um, and I know that like, maybe I'm, I'm a little biased. Maybe we're both a little biased here, but like, I would love to see them just, just finish out this season in any, by any means possible, even if it does mean cutting into next year, because like the Bruins are in first place. They're, they have, They've got a minimal, uh, a minimized window to, to, to go for another Stanley Cup. This year seems like they might have a strong chance to do so. And they've put themselves in a great position at the top of the league. And like, I know that, you know, all things considered, it's not the most important thing in the world to finish out a hockey season at this point in time. And like, I definitely don't want to rush that. And I don't want to, you know, put lives at stake or, or whatever and anything of the like of the sort. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think that it's been a long NHL season and these guys have worked really hard all year long. And it would be like such a shame to see like all that work 
be thrown out the window and have the season be canceled and not have uh, a chance for them to, to go for it in the playoffs. Like, so that's why I would rather see this season finished out by any means necessary. And then if you need to, to have a shortened season next year, start the season a little bit late, have, you know, less than an 82 game season, maybe you do it that way. I don't see that, you know, happening based on the fact that like you're affecting a lot more teams. Whereas, you know, you're cutting into the revenue of, of fewer teams, I, I suppose, with uh, with like a with a playoff run. But yeah, I, it's just you know, it's it's a tough spot because you you hate to see the work that these guys have put in all year long kind of be thrown out the window. Yeah, and again, like imagine we always talk about you know the deadline. It's if Peru's going to do something because their window is shortening. Imagine their window completely shortens by a year solely because of a virus like that. It's just crazy. It's something you can't even, you know, it's something we couldn't fathom three months ago. Um, and now it's here. And so I think is it, you, it, all the points you said, um, it's just wild that this is happening and, yeah. and they might really miss a chance at a cup. Um, again, the league said that they want to try to hand out a Stanley cup. I don't think they're just going to end the season and give it to the team with the most points. No, I mean, definitely that's not. not a, that's not even a thing. Is it like, is yeah, that I think that like I've been asked that question. It's like, well, they, well they to the team with the most points. And I was like, I, I really, really it'd be hard for me to imagine that, especially given like the, the mystique and the, you know, the, the aura around the Stanley cup and how hard it is to win. I just don't think that they're going to hand it out to the team that finishes the season with the most points, but it would be very fun because like one, the Bruins are in first place and like they <laughs> get the Stanley cup. That'd be hilarious. But like, I don't want to see them win it that way, no, no matter what, but I do think that it would be kind of funny for all the people to shove it in the face of all the people that are like, well, the president's trophy means nothing. The president's trophy <laughs> is a curse. And then like the year that the, the Bruins win the president's trophy, it's everything. It just automatically wins you the Stanley cup. And so like that would ruin the argument that the president's trophy means nothing for the rest of eternity. Like that'd be crazy. They win it. And it's like, you know, they ask, someone asks them like, Oh, how many cups do you, you know, does Patrice Bergeron have? He'd be like, well, like, one, but like technically one and a half. two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we yeah that's the thing. Like, that, I think that would be the most annoying thing is that if like they they carried out this playoffs and it was like some sh- sort of like shortened version of the playoffs or some sort of alternate version of the playoffs and the Bruins did win it and they did hold up and then you'd have all the, the other 30 fan bases being like, well, it doesn't really count. It doesn't fully count. Count. It was it was a weird year. It was, you know, they it's a technicality, and it's like oh, screw off, you know. Yeah. So you know, at the end of the day, if they hoist the Stanley Cup, I'm gonna be happy. But like, I'm gonna be less happy if it happens with a, a sort of an asterisk asterisk attached to it. I was gonna say it would have an asterisk attached to it, which is what you don't want. Um, and again, I also don't think there probably there probably won't be fans at these games, which is wild to think. Like, I think there's a good chance yeah. we don't see fans at these games, um, which makes it... I don't care at this point. Play it in an empty arena. It doesn't I do, too. Me. I do, too. A week ago, Trags and I were on here saying, you, how are you going to play games without fans? Now we're like, just yeah. fucking play the games. Because yeah, it, take it, whatever you can get at this point, honestly. Like, as long as, I, as, long as so, everybody's healthy. Yeah, I've watched too many classic Red Sox games at this point. I've watched too many classic Bruins games <laughs> on Nesson at this point. Uh, Tafumi, the YouTube channel, has been like streaming uh, old Bruins games during when they're supposed to be happening. I mean, it's great, but at this point, I just want sports back. I can't keep tweeting like videos of my NHL team on uh, you know my Chell team or 
I, I need real sports to talk about yeah. and watch. Uh, and so I think we all need it. Uh, Pete, before you go, is there anything you'd like to plug? I mean, what are you, what are you doing right now? Uh, the only thing that I, I guess I should plug is, uh, my CBS sports morning newsletter. Uh, that'll be interesting. Keeping up with that every morning over the next couple of, uh, couple of months, but yeah, still going forward with it. You know, if you want to wake up with me every single morning, giving you the, the sports news you need to know, some bad jokes, go to, uh, cbssports.com and it's the HQ daily newsletter. And I'm doing that. And then uh, also uh, brunch. Listen to brunch. Yeah. No, everyone loves brunch. Brunch is very, uh, very cool little area. You DJ are so hip. Um, I don't, I don't it's a good place yet. to be in now because we don't cover sports. It's not a sports podcast. We just do a lot of nonsense. And this is a great time for, for nonsense. <laughs> this is the time for nonsense. I mean, we spent exactly. the first like five minutes discussing uh, just random shit going on. I mean, I'm looking, I just had some water. I'm, I'm drinking so much water. My hands, this is no joke. My hands are so dry from washing them so much. So, um, like I can put as much lotion on as I want. They're still going to be super dry, but yes, um, go subscribe to that newsletter. Wake up with Pete every morning. Uh, and yeah, I mean, this is what it, the podcast is going to be for the next feels like eight weeks. They said 45 days in that, um, the NHL PR thing they put out. So we'll be with That's you every step. 45 days to training camp. Yeah. Yeah. Again, like nobody knows we're all in the dark here, uh, but we'll be with you. We'll be right there with you. Um, and we're in this together. Go. Be kind, be, be, uh, be conscious, be, uh, be thoughtful, take care of each other. Yeah. Like this is a time, this time I think when America comes together, we should be coming together. We should, should be, be, should be, should be, should be, but it's not happening yet. It'll start when Jeremy Jacobs pays his employees <laughs> and it'll start when people actually abide by laws and stay home. Um, and I, that would be my two pieces of advice from the show. Pay your people and stay home. Um, and and with that, I think that's the end of the show, Pete. Uh, for CLNS Media, I'm Evan Marinovsky. You, Bruins Beat listeners, have a great rest of your week. Hey.